I'm Samantha Lewis, and I'm here to introduce our latest podcast. Today's podcast is being led by Barry Render, author of the number one operations management title on the market. Today's guest is F. Scott Fine, Vice President at Robinson Fresh North Region. Scott and Barry will be discussing Robinson Fresh's operations. Samantha, thank you very much for that introduction. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Scott, you once told me that your job is to feed the world at Robinson Fresh, Fresh through complex supply chains. That was a very interesting statement. Maybe you could start today by, number one, telling us a little bit about yourself, about your parent company, C.H. Robinson, and about Robinson Fresh. And then I'll get into some questions. Thank you, Barry. Thank you very much for having me today, uh, Samantha and Barry. And yeah, so my name is F. Scott Fine. I've been at Robinson Fresh slash C.H. Robinson for 26 years, and you hit it on the head. We feed the world through fresh produce and complex supply chain solutions. And um, what that means is our goal is to make the customer experience seamless through the integration of our products and supply chain services. So I've worked in the perishable supply chain for all 26 of my years. Um, and what that means is my job is to get fresh fruits and vegetables through the supply chain as quickly as possible so that they get to distributors, to uh, multi-unit concepts, which are fast food restaurants and qu uh, quick casual restaurants um, everywhere as, as fast as possible, as efficient as possible. So it provides the greatest value. So um, I'm currently located out of Minneapolis, but I'm originally from uh, Philadelphia. So go Eagles. Your company, Scott, is a third-party logistics provider, a 3PL, as we say in Chapter 11 in our text. Can you sort of describe what that means and what you do in that context? Yeah. So 3PL is just a fancy term for we're an aggregator. Um, a 3PL is somebody that executes goods or services through other people. So what that means is that we work with growers and we represent them and we can then aggregate multiple growers uh, products and prices for the ease of the customer. In a lot of different areas, Barry, which is super interesting to me, is we act as what's called a 4PL. So a 4PL is when you act as on behalf, contractually on behalf of the customer. And this is very common in, in um, transportation where you actually create a line and you act on their behalf and then you select from 3PLs and direct, uh, in this case, carriers and growers uh, and manage their contracts. So a 3PL is just essentially somebody that aggregates different vendors and growers. Great. I'm going to have to add a section on 4PL in the next yeah. edition of our book, I guess. Yeah. I, I know you manage the global supply chain. You've got multiple growers. You go all the way down to the end users. Can you take a product like blueberries, which I love, and uh, tell me where it starts and how it gets all the way down to me at the end of the line? Yeah. So great question. And it's and, and something I don't get to talk about a lot of dinner conversations. So I'm glad you asked me. But essentially, there, there's everybody's familiar with what a supply chain is, right? Right. It's beginning and the end. And ironically, when, when I was a student back then, I took my first, at that time it was called business logistics. I remember thinking, how hard could this be? This is one of the most boring things I've ever heard. But I can tell you firsthand, it's, it's an exciting job. And we, we always keep the end user in mind, which is you, which is what you eat at your dinner table. So there's basically four buckets, right? The four buckets are the grower or supplier, depending if it's perishable or not, right? You have the transportation, 
you have a warehouse or distribution center or multiple, because these all can have multiple different points. And then the consumer, which it could be, um, it could be the grocery store, or in some cases, like with, with other direct to consumer could actually be you at your house. So in the case of blueberries, which are primarily grown in California, in Mexico, in Chile, in Peru, and in Argentina, the supply chains will be the same, just the methods may be differently. So we'll work with growers and we will work with them. And I know you're gonna ask me a question about this later, but we will pre-plan with them, which we call as a supply plan, based on demand that we have aggregated from our customers. And we'll work with them based on their acreage or based on their location um, to plan their, for their supply. After we do that, based on the yield, what actually comes to fruition, we will then take that supply and push it through our supply chain, which will include uh, our global forwarding, which means if it's from Argentina, it might go on a plane or it might go on a container ship. Um, if it's out of Mexico or California, it most likely will go on a truckload, right? We may import it through Nogales or through McCown or one of the other ports or one of the other entry points. Um, a lot of the imported fruit in the United States comes from either Philadelphia or to LA. It's starting to come in more through Galveston. They also have um, Savannah and there's other ports in Florida, but that's where we get to our bread and butter, which is as Robinson Fresh, our brothers and sisters in CH Robinson are able to pick up that freight from the various ports, get them into the uh, domestic supply chain and then to the next point, whether that's a distribution center or whether it's the ultimate uh, end user. So it's a long answer. I hope I hope I answered that as quickly as possible without getting too deep. No, that was a great answer. I appreciate that. And you talked a little bit about forecasting and planning. And I, I listened in on your company's earnings call recently, and they mentioned the word AI, artificial intelligence there. So we're looking at sort of the next generation of metrics being used. Uh, tell me a little bit how you see the future with, why is AI even needed in a business like yours? So great question. And I'm excited to talk about it because one of the things working for CH Robinson, Robinson Fresh is we've been invested in technology for, for well over a decade now. Um, it's funny planning for this. We mentioned about how much we love Excel and Power BI and other stuff, but really AI is all about predictive analysis and exception management. Right. AI, in my opinion, is about when you have a team of experts like we do in our company and many other companies have in their own industries, how are we getting them the information to act faster, to prevent bad things from happening faster and to be more refined in your expertise? So in this particular case, um, I think about we have what's called a managed procurement services division that works a lot with data. I mean, it's funny when you think about truck brokerage and, and, and buying and selling of produce, but most of our expertise comes in data and what we do with it. And in this particular case, I see AI really assisting with current services that we provide, such as forecasting, which is we determine the demand of product, right? Of actual consumer demand, of the distribution center's demand. We then align that with Sounds silly, but the forecast of the of the suppliers, of the growers, what's their yields going to be? Um, and then we're able to determine how to plan for the supply chain to make it as efficient as possible. 
That's a great answer. Thank you. Part of the cost, I guess, it just brings up in my mind is uh, food waste in your industry. And that brings up the issue of sustainability, which is also on the minds of most of our students and people in our country. Um, how do you deal with those two issues? So I'm glad you asked that because it's it's funny. We've got involved very heavily with sustainability. I want to say about a decade ago, and don't quote me on that. It's my opinion. Um, but I know that C.H. Robinson, through, through our ESG and our leadership there, we actually have a application that when we design supply chains, we can estimate your carbon footprint. And more and more companies are looking to their partners to help them achieve their sustainability goals. And it's something, when I think about Robinson Fresh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a multifaceted um, challenge. One, we talk about the carbon footprint, sounds simple with transportation. You can utilize less trucks or airplanes. You can reduce mileage by creating an efficient supply chain. But Robinson's involved with packaging companies when it talks about plastics and compostability and recyclability, our customers are asking us to be a leader in the space and, and, and we're doing everything we can to support it. And it goes as far as even fair labor practices. It goes into, um, you know, and go back to my point, our customers are looking for us not just to be a leader in transportation and in, in procurement and supply chain services, but also in sustainability. So Great. we're involved there and we're proud of the work we do. And you should be. I, I have one last question for you uh, yeah. because uh, when you go to the supermarket and you look at the produce section um, and you look at a product like lettuce, I'm always picking out salads. There are so many different varieties of lettuce that I can't even count them. How do you deal with customization and standardization with some of your products? Well, as long as, as consumers demand more, supply chains are going to have to both uh, customize and standardize back and forth, right? So the more customization, and you can think, let's use a retailer, for example, because I think that's where most of the customization happens. The opposite would be, would be a restaurant, right? A restaurant has a set menu. Now, they may have specials, but those specials are actually based on what the supply chain is able to provide um, efficiently. So you have a restaurant that has standardization and you have a retailer or some other maybe website that has customization. And I would say that the balance is, I go back to that, that pyramid of efficiency, pricing, and, and quality. In general, things that have less scale are harder to deliver because there is less efficiency in terms of cost, in terms of production, it requires more labor, right? If, if everybody, no matter what industry you're in, you know, if you can produce something at a high quantity, you could spread the costs over it. So when I like to eat my homemade tacos with Boston lettuce, also known as butter lettuce, it has a higher cost than say iceberg lettuce or romaine which is much, which is a much greater scale of production currently. Right. Um, when some of the consumers request specialty items that are grown in what we refer to as controlled environment agriculture, you know, it 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 is great in that it's available year round, 
but it also has a much higher currently, and that'll change with time and with expertise, but it currently has a higher cost to produce. And, 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 and all, the beautiful thing about our country and our people and these next generations is as we think about how we feed the world through complex supply chain solutions, people come up with great innovative thoughts to drive savings. And, and so eventually I'm sure we'll get back to 99 cent heads of lettuce and, and, and maybe even greater varieties that will provide value to, to our consumers. Well, that's a great way to leave, uh, leave our podcast today, thinking of the 99 cent head of lettuce that we, we've had just a few years ago. Yeah. Scott, you were just so entertaining and enjoyable to have on our podcast today. Learned a lot about cold food supply chains and getting our fruits and vegetables to market and how you deal with us. Really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I wish everybody a happy holidays and a happy new year.